Thank you for listening to this week's message from North Shore Christian Church. For more information about North Shore, please visit northshorechristian.org. Thanks, everyone. I think I need to introduce my family. So my wife is over here, Kelly. Uh, We just celebrated our 25th anniversary. Well, we've had our 25th anniversary, and we will soon celebrate. Sorry, Kelly. It's... it's, (laughs) Um, my, my, old, my daughter Emma is over here as well. Hi, Emma. She's been in YWAM. Uh, she's just finished her School of Biblical Studies with YWAM. They go through the Bible five times in nine months and uh, chart out every book. So she's just done that, and she's going on staff with them this next year. My youngest son, Owen, is over here. He is 16, junior in high school, and my oldest is still in Scotland. He is now at the age where... He works, so he's, got, he's, he's uh, there working this summer, excited for him. But um, anyways, glad to finally be back after these years, these COVID years, and be able to visit a family and, and you all. I wanna talk today about something that's exciting, exciting to me, but it's also exciting for, for you, whether you know about it or not, because you're a part of something that's pretty significant in, in Scotland and what God is doing there. Uh, again, we, we, we moved over. God um, called me to be a missionary when I was about 14 years old. And then I remember very clearly here at North Shore, 1993, trying to make a decision of what path I'm going to walk when it comes to graduating from high school and all that sort of stuff. Was I going to go into the military? I mean, Top Gun, big deal. Am I going to become a fighter pilot uh, in the military? Am I going to go to business school and follow my father's footsteps? Or am I going to go to Bible school? And I decided, no, I I really believe that God had called us uh, to become a missionary. So senior year, moment of truth here in this place was like, okay, I'm going to follow God and I'm going to walk that path for my life. Went to Bible college, went to seminary, and then packed up with my wife, one-year-old and a two-year-old with one-way tickets to Glasgow in 2003, and we moved there. Now, just so we're on the same page, let me show you a map of where Glasgow is, okay? Glasgow. It's in the north of the UK. It's the largest city in Scotland. Scotland is at the top Glasgow is not Ireland. It's not in Ireland. That's a different island. And it's definitely not in England. That's that's the lower the south bit. Nobody wants to go down there. So we're up at the top there and again largest city in Scotland. So we've been living there for almost 20 years. I remember when I visited Glasgow for the first time I was like oh no. This is going to be difficult. Uh, we, we live in the university area in Glasgow. Uh, and when, we, when we moved there, people were telling us there is about 168,000 university-age students in this city. L- they could not find a total of 400 of them attending church. You're talking a less than a quarter of a percent when it comes to this next generation of thinking about God or, or, or going to church. Not only that, we, when we were starting this church, um, there had been uh, 40 previous church plant attempts within a mile of our starting location here in the university area over the last decade, previous decade. All 40 of them closed. None of the 40 church plants within a mile of this location worked. And so, so Jesus is sending us there, and that's what we were walking into in 2003, and, and had, had a lot of um, 
optimism, because being called by Jesus, but also some low expectations because you've just seen failure after failure, or church plant after church plant, and, and, and you have to make those decisions. You have to make those choices. What do you do when you think, oh, God's sending you somewhere, or he's calling you to try something or to go for something, when, when it doesn't seem to be possible? When, when everybody else seems to be failing, well, what do you do while you go? And, and I think so, when it comes to these notes and, and observations on, on following Jesus, one of the first observations we wanna make sure we put on the table is when you think Jesus is asking you to do something, do it. <laughs> do it. Now, that sounds really basic, but, but I find people who talk about following Jesus but who don't actually follow Jesus when it's time to do something. Now, we want to be people who are following Jesus, and that means like we're actually following. We're doing what he's telling us to do. Following Jesus usually takes a few moments of gutsy, gutsy faith. That's just part of it, gutsy faith. But here's where this connects to you. When we said yes, and when we moved to uh, Scotland, North Shore said yes right away. They, they were like, we are going to be in this with you. We want to be a part of this. And you guys have been supporting us as a church, as people who support North Shore, as a church for the last 20 years. And I want to just make sure before I start telling some stories about what's been going on, that you understand the cup of cold water principle because it's very relevant to you all. It, Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 10, he says, whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. He says, and whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. You've given us a lot more than a, a cup of cold water. If you have ever given money to North Shore, it has impacted us and, and our ministry uh, in Scotland. You're a part of this. You're a part of every story that I'm talking about. Your, your, your spiritual rewarding connection is connected to our story. Our story is your story. This is our story together, and I, I want you to hear and be excited about what's going on. Now, I'm a missionary, but I want to make sure you know right from the upfront, we're not raising money. <laughs> we're not raising money. Uh, God, God's doing a good thing. He's been providing. We were talking about that. This is a testimony message. This is, I want you to be excited about what Jesus is, is doing with, with, uh, with our, our ministry here. It's a testimony of God's goodness. So that, anyways, that's where we're going today. Let me tell you a few stories. I think the first thing I want you to know is that the first couple years were brutally difficult. Brutally difficult in those first years, as I uh, painted the picture earlier, no one was interested. No one, no one was interested in Jesus. We tried to start a, a church in our house in 2003. Nobody came, and nobody came to Christ. We closed it down in June 2004. We tried again in January 2005. Some months went by. We got to August, eight months, eight people. Very difficult. Now, if you're, if you're doing the math, we moved there two years previous. Two years, full-time effort in church planting, brutally slow start. And I remember praying loads in those years. God, I believe that I am at where you want me to be. I, 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 I believe that we've moved here in obedience, in faith. I, I, I've tried, and I've clearly established that I can't do this. 
I, I've clearly established that I've tried to, this is now the cir- second church plant that I, I've tried to do here. If you don't help me, I've got no hope. If you, if you don't do something, we have established that I can't do this, but I'm not gonna quit because I think this is what you've called me to do. Even though I can't do it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going because I believe this is what you want me to do. And by the way, that's the only way I know how to follow God. Try and keep trying, keep doing what he's putting on your heart to do even if it doesn't seem to be working. At least until he says differently. Uh, second encouragement, keep doing what God is asking you to do even if it isn't working until he tells you differently. Anyways, during those years, God gave me a verse. He gave me this verse, and he, first he started saying it to my heart. What does it mean God gave you a verse? He started saying it to my heart, and then people started coming up to me and saying, I think I have a verse for you. And it was always the same verse for several years in a row, and people would come, they would say, I have a verse for you, and I'm like, okay, here, I know, I know what they're about to say. And sure enough, they would, they would quote this, the same verse from Zechariah chapter four, and they would tell me this about this church and this ministry, and, and they would say, God's saying, Zechariah 4, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Over and over again. Brian, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord Almighty. And, and again, before I tell some stories about what, what God has been doing, God made sure that it was clearly established that I was not able, and this wasn't gonna be because of my strategic brilliance, 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 or, or, my, or, or, my, or my charisma or skills or, or thoughts or my anything, my efforts or anything. This was gonna be a, a, a work of God that he was gonna do a work and it wasn't gonna be so much about me, it was gonna be way more about him. And now maybe you've thought about this verse a lot for yourself and you're like, oh, what a great verse. In fact, I want this to be my life verse, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Like, yeah, you want that to be your life verse? Great, great. Uh, Let me just give you a few thoughts about what that means (laughs) to live under that verse. It means this. Low expectancy, low self-expectancy, low success expectancy, low expectancy never stops us from doing what we believe God is calling us to do. Never stops us from making that choice, paying that price, going for it anyways. The expectancies that we would have in ourselves, that doesn't stop us. No matter if we think we're going to be able to be successful at all, it doesn't matter. To live this verse, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, means we have to be comfortable with this idea that we won't be able to do it and we will most certainly fail and there's no way it's going to come together unless God intervenes at the most unlikely ways, even doing miracle after miracle to bring it together. It's gonna be beyond you. And it's not just, it's gonna be beyond me unless I'm super awesome. 
at the right moment. No, no, no. It's going to be beyond you, like, like impossible to clearly establish that it's not you. It's, it's, it's a God work. Anyway, so that, that's, that's one um, thing there. It, it, all, what it also means to live not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. It means, number four, that you're learning to pray persistently and effectively. Learning to pray persistently and effectively must become a priority growth area of our life. Always. Always. Over the last 20 years, uh, the challenges, the, the desperate moments, I've grown a lot in prayer. I've grown a bunch of prayer. And I'm actually trying to write a very simple Stickman illustrated guide to how prayer works and, and, and how, how to pray more effectively. Um, I would have liked to have been done by now, but I am definitely not done by now. And, and the, the initial thought about writing this book is I, I look at the Bible and what it says about prayer and I look at Jesus and, and what he says about prayer. You know, anything you ask in my name. Um, what, what John writes about prayer, every example in the Bible. When I look at what the Bible teaches about prayer, <laughs> And then I look at my own prayer life. I'm like, this should work better. <laughs> this should be a little bit, this should be more, more effective. And so I've been starting to work on, on articulating how to pray uh, more effectively in, in line of so many of the passages in the Bible. But, but anyways, when you want to live this life uh, of not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, it's, it's gonna require some growth in our prayers. Uh, growth in our prayers, always, always. And, and, I, and I believe no matter how much we've grown in prayer, there's always more. There's always more. It's, it's, a, it's one of those lifetime things. All right, with this in mind, a few stories. Let me just tell you the story of, of what God's done. Eventually, we, we, we did start this church, autumn 2005. After two years, we started to get some momentum but it was way up and down for those next couple years. And usually it was location oriented. We would have to move location and we were renting places and have to get move and we'd get two weeks notice and have to move and the church would be, get cut in half over and over again as we just kept moving from place to place. It, I felt like I was trying to start a church in this impossible location with one arm tied behind my back and my feet kept getting kicked out from under me every time we had to move location. Very discouraging. And our prayers in those early years, and by our prayers, North Shore was praying this too. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but they're always asking me every month for prayer requests. You're getting prayer requests from us. Uh, if you don't know where those are, I don't either. <laughs> you can ask Nancy. You can ask Nancy. Uh, but anyways, you were praying there with, with us and, and asking God to provide a space, a place for, for us as a church. And we, we, year after year, were praying and looking and trying. We were looking at warehouses and church buildings and anything we could possibly get a hold of. And we couldn't find any place, any place, not even, uh, not even to rent long term. Six years, closed doors every turn. And, and I... I wish I could tell you how discouraging and disheartening those years were. So difficult. If, if you've ever prayed for something for, for a long period of time and, and, and you've prayed and you've rallied people to pray with you and, and maybe you've, you've just been like, I need God's help. I need God's breakthrough in this area. I'm desperate for God's help. And then you see like no answered prayer on the horizon or you, you, see, you see no hope and you're feeling like you're really in a stuck place. I know a bit about that. I know a bit about that. And, and let me encourage you. 
You don't have to see the answers to your prayers coming for them to be right around the corner. In fact, I woke up on, on December, December 5th, 2010, no idea that that was answered prayer day. In fact, it seemed like a setback day because I woke up and the ground was covered with snow and ice and I had to cancel all my plans for the day. And I remember sitting up in my, my office up in the attic just being like, uh, God, what do you, now what do you want me to do today? And, and this, this old church building in the area came to mind and I thought it was boarded up, but it came to mind. So I thought, ah, I'll just go over and look at it. And it was a Sunday and so I, I slipped and slid. It was very dangerous, by the way. Uh, I slipped and slid my way about 800 meters, 800 yards uh, around, around the corner to, to this old church building. And, and it, sure enough, it was closed because of snow and ice. And and so I, I walked around this building and I went to the front and, and then I, I came back to the side and the side door opened. I, I wish I could tell you more about the wonderful timings of God and how God is able to set up perfect moments that you cannot orchestrate to bring about the answers to prayers that you desperately need. He's brilliant that way. Not the message, but anyways, the door opened and out steps this very old man. His name was John Silver. I think he was the original 1700s Long John Silver, but he, 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 walked, out, he walked out of the room and I, and I asked him, hey, is, is church open today? And he's like, no, no, it's closed because of snow and ice, but do you wanna see the building? And I said, yes, and I walked in. The outside looked boarded up. The inside looked really special. And he told me the story of, of their church and how there's only a few of them left and they couldn't afford to heat it anymore and, and they were trying to figure out what they were gonna do. And I went home and I called the leader of their church and I said, hi, I'm Brian Ingraham. You've never heard of me. I started a church called Regarding Hope. You've never heard of it. We've been going for about six years. I was wondering if you would sell us your building. And he said, well, I mean, I'm gonna make a long story short, but, but he basically said, well, we, we've been praying about what to do with this building. We would like it to not become a, a pub or something. And so maybe you're the answer to our prayers how much money do you got? And I said, well, we have about 50,000 pounds, uh, some of that from North Shore. And he said, okay, that sounds good. Uh, why don't we sell you our church building for 40,000 pounds so that you can start and have some money to start fixing things up? And uh, wow, I went home and I told my wife, Kelly, and she just weeps. She, I think she weeped for weeks. I, I'm sure she was dehydrated for, for the next month. And, and it's just, just so amazing. I, I don't know if you can imagine what it's like to, to go through this. I hope you can't, but you probably can because I know some of you have, have been on paths like this where you pray and you see nothing. And, and you pray and, and you get people to pray. And yet no hope. No, it just seems stuck and that there's, there's no way forward. And you keep praying and you experience closed door after closed door and you plead with God for help. And, and, and there's, there, there's just nothing on the horizon. And, I, and I, some, I know some of you are probably living through a prayer moment like that right now. We've just been praying and pleading for years and you've seen no hope on the horizon. Well, let me tell you this. God has a million ways to answer your prayers. God has a million ways to answer your prayers. Now I have a question for you. Is that hyperbole? Is that an exaggeration? 
in your situation. All he needs is one, though. All he needs is, is one way, and, and, and I want you to know God's heard you. And, and I want you to keep praying, keep pleading, keep asking. God, God has heard you, and just, just like us, you might wake up someday with a day that doesn't seem like any other day. In fact, it can even seem worse than, than every other day, and that could be your answer prayer day. Don't give up praying. You don't have to see that answer prayer coming. Here's some pictures of the, the, the church that we purchased that day and the, and the ministry that we've been doing for that, for that period of time. Uh, so you're seeing a lot of empty seats there. I don't know if you remember this thing called COVID. It was not fun. But from that snowy day in December on, the story of our church went from setbacks and stuckness to step forwards and incredible growth. In fact, we grew so much and so fast that we completely filled this church building within just months. Now, now be, be encouraged, friends. When God answers, yeah, Jesus. When God answers your prayers, the whole trajectory of your life can change. Just like that. Just like that. It did for us. Again, keep, keep praying. God does still answer prayers. But as a result of people showing up, and we quickly realized that we needed more space. Now, God, we're not trying to be greedy here, but we are packed and it's getting uncomfortable. We had to sit seats out in the balcony. I'm not sure if they were a fire hazard. I kind of think they were a fire hazard. And then the kids, the kids' space, it was packed and uncomfortable. And so we got, God, we need more space. In 2014, we're praying for more space. In 2015, we're praying for more space. In 2000, you get it. We kept praying for more space. And we got to 2018. And man, we, we, things were uncomfortable. Started that year just like with fasting and praying. God, we need, we need more space. And God, we've proven that we're not able to find it. We've explored every option that we could, we, could, we could do. And we felt during that time at the beginning of 2018 that God was saying there's a shift for our church, that we're not gonna just be able to have one location to meet in, and we tried. But instead, like a compass, north, south, east, west, and center, there's gonna be five locations for one, for one church. That's gonna be his plan for our church for the next couple years. And over the next couple months, a church on the south side came available, this huge south side building quite a ways from the, from the west end. And, you know, we're like, okay, we think that this is God saying here is more space. It's not where you ever thought it would be. It's kind of inconveniently located, but this is for you and your church. And so we decided to make a bid for this building. It was being bid on by developers who wanted to convert the building into flats. It was being uh, bid on by the Catholics. They have a lot of money and the Muslims who have a lot of money. All trying to build this. And so our little church put in a bid for, for a half million pounds. And I guess we were the biggest suckers. <laughs> And we won the bid. We won the bid, yay! But also then, you know, we won the bid. So we had to come up with, with a down payment and, and money to, to get it open. And we started raising money and we had about 60 days to do this. And, and again, you were a part of that and the money came together for the down payment. But we didn't have enough to get the church building open. And I remember it was January fasting week and we were, the elders got together and, and we're looking around at each other and we're like, okay, I think we're tapped out and 100,000 short. Uh, when we look at our church and we look at the giving capacity, I think people have given what they're able to give for the start of this Southside church. And when I think about the, the gifts that are coming from America, very generous, but 
But I think that's about it. And we are 100,000 short from being able to get this building open. So we got our leaders together after that elders meeting. It actually, it was the same evening, and we just started praying. And I was like, guys, we're, we don't see any more. <laughs> this is it, and we're 100,000 short. We need a miracle. The next day, one of my favorite words. The next day, got a call, and the problem had been that the church had a flat attached to it, like a caretaker flat, and they, they had a renter in there that wouldn't get out. Lame for them, praise God for us. And so in that sense, because of that, they couldn't ever give us a date where they would ever be able to sell us this building because there were some legal things getting this person out who refused to leave. And so they said, what if we split the title deed and you can just have the church building and we'll knock 150000 off the price? Again, God has a million ways to answer prayer. Sometimes he, he gives us what we need. Sometimes he just reduces what we're going to need. And in that way, that was one of the most obvious answered prayers. And so all, we, were able to, we were able to get this building and, and, and start this church. Here's some pictures of the Southside uh, location. It's, it's growing. It's, it's this beautiful old uh, church building. And, and we've been working up, working on it. People are getting saved and baptized there. Uh, just very much a God work. It's another one of those miracle stories. Uh, this is Rehob Royston. This is another location we started, which I, I don't have much time to talk about, but it, we planted this, this little shop front in an area of multi-generational poverty, one of the most um, poverty-stricken areas in all of Europe. Uh, it's a place now where drug addicts are becoming saved. We baptized uh, six or seven people in the square, the public square. That's outside in the public square because we didn't have space in inside, praise God. So we had to do it in the town center square, uh, baptizing people uh, in Jesus' uh, name. We, don't, we often don't have a place to meet, so we just set up tents outside in Scotland. That was the one sunny day. But man, it is a beautiful and special thing that's going on in Scotland there. I don't think this location, Royston, is, it's ever going to be able to cover its own cost. But I guess uh, following God's lead is sometimes bad for business. Sometimes bad for business, but great for salvations. Following God's lead is sometimes bad for business, but great for salvations. And that's... That's what we're learning at Royston as we, as we continue to go there, a really special work. Our current faith challenge, last autumn, I was telling my, uh, my staff, my, my church leaders, okay guys, nothing new. Because let's just keep this calm. I don't, you know, it's been COVID and, and trauma and people have been really traumatized by this area. Let's just keep things simple. Let's keep things steady. Let's, let's not be ambitious. Let's just keep calm for this next season. That's what I was saying. But then at the next elders meeting, Jesus started saying something differently. And at the next elders meeting, we're there praying. And, and while we're praying, God started to indicate, hey, something is on the horizon. Be ready. Be ready. And then some people in the church would start coming up to me over the next week or two and was like, you know, I feel like God's saying there's something coming that, you, that we don't see, but there's something on the horizon. And I'm like, oh, please no. <laughs> but, then on, but then on a Friday, 
I got a phone call. I think my wife was out of town. Or were you out of town? Yeah, you was out of town. Yeah, it was. And I got a phone call from this guy, and it's like, hi, you don't know me, but um, I'm in the leadership of this denomination, the Nazarenes, and, and we want to offer you this flagship church building of ours in, in Paisley, Scotland. It's about 20 minutes from, from where we live, just, just down the street, about 20 minutes away. And um, would, would you please take this and start a Rehope location in, in, in our church building? And I'm like, okay, I gotta be honest with you. I have never thought of Paisley in my life. <laughs> I have no leader for this. I have no people from Paisley. No, no people. I don't have any money. It's COVID. I, I, I don't, I, I'm barely scraping by this church or church as it is. Uh, so I don't have the people. I don't have the vision. I don't have the leaders. I don't have. I don't have anything. And it, but I know, friend. I know this takes time. And so you know, this can take years. Usually, this doesn't come into any, turn out in anything. But yeah. So just keep me posted, and I'll, and I'll start praying about it. The next day, he calls me back. Hey. They took my advice to, to give you this building, to sell you this building for super cheap, and, and, and so um, would you please come and look at it to, this week? And, you know, uh, okay. <laughs> so I went out and, and, and wandered around, and it was, a, it was just this beautiful, beautiful building, and, and elders are praying, and we're like, okay, I think, think God is in this. To make a long story short, we had, no, we had no money, no people, but God was saying yes, and so we met with them and we offered them an embarrassingly low amount of money because it was all that we could scrape together in faith and, and it wasn't much, it was 10,000. 10,000. And, I, and, I, and even then, I can't even convey to you the pressure of this decision. The pressure of the decision, you know, no money, no leader, no plans. This is, this is just not the right moment, but God seems to be saying to do this, and so we offered them 10,000 and they said yes, Darn it. Ouch. What did Within 48 hours, somebody from America gave us a massive amount of money. That more than covered it. Did not see that coming, did not know the money existed, and to cover the purchase and the starting of here's some pictures of Rio Paisley as it's coming together. So um, we didn't have a leader, but we found a guy. He's in the, the bottom right, uh, Buck and Lennon. We put a big banner on the, on the, you can see where we're at, Glasgow there. Paisley is just, you know, 20 minutes off to the side there. And it's, yeah, it's like the Muckleteo of Everett. No, not quite. Uh, beautiful old church building. My wife there is painting, painting away there. Sorry, Kelly, I didn't choose the pictures. They, they, they were uh, chose there. But anyways, yeah, currently we don't have many people. For, for this, this start. We are taking this step-by-step step in faith. Next Sunday... Next Sunday, the 17th, is not only Kelly's birthday, but it is also, it's also the first Sunday that we're going to start these pre-launch gatherings. And for the next nine weeks, we're going to be gathering people on Sundays and kind of doing a little bit of a vision cast, but, but church gathering thing. This is next Sunday. I don't know. Is there going to be 10 people there? I don't know. We are at the beginning, the beginning of the beginning next week. And then over the next nine weeks, we're going to be getting ready for our grand opening Sunday on the 18th of September uh, to, start, to start this location. Um, we, need, we need prayer. We need prayer. We need help. And, you know, one of the things that we also discovered about following, following Jesus, number seven, there's always the, a next prayer request in a faith challenge. There's always a next prayer request in a, in a faith challenge. 
Eight years ago, we were praying for more space. And now we have over a thousand empty seats from all these new, new locations. And, and so we're, we're not just praying though that God will fill them, although may he, we're asking God to fill them, to fill them, and to fill them again. If you wanna join us in praying, you can pray for the launch of, of Paisley and you can pray that God starts filling these places and filling them and filling again three times, three times over. Now I tell you these stories for, for two reasons. One, cup of cold water principle, the fruit of what's going on in Scotland, the salvations, the baptisms, the people going into ministry, becoming missionaries from, from the ministry over there. You're part of this. You've always been a part of this. You are, you are with us in this. You're gonna receive the rewards and the benefits from this. Everyone, everyone who, especially who's ever given uh, to, to North Shore. And I want you to be excited. I want you to be excited. There, there's an old song that has been going through my head every time I've been thinking about being here for, for weeks. This is an old song. I haven't even heard it sung in weeks and weeks and years and years and years. It's a song that goes like this. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. And as I've been thinking about talking to you today, it's this, when we all get to all who believe in Jesus here and there and the, the people that are, that are being a part, uh, impacted by the ministry of North Shore here and everywhere, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus, including uh, now so many people from Scotland. We'll sing and we'll shout the victory. It's exciting. It's exciting. If you want to keep following our journey, uh, you, you can follow us on Instagram, uh, Brian Ingraham or King Graham. They're written on your notes. Honestly, Kelly is a much more interesting follow th than I am. Uh, do that. Uh, you can also follow Kelly on, on Facebook, K-E-L-L-I-E, -E, Kelly Ingraham. Um, also, if you want to see a video of our story so far on, on our website, rehope.co.uk, down at the bottom, you can see that vi there's a video of our story so far. It's, it's, from, it's voices from the people in Scotland about, about our journey and, and all that's going on. It's about 17 minutes. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the best way to follow. Let me pray, let me pray for, for you, uh, for us all. God, I'm so thankful. First of all, all we have needed, you've always provided. Great is your faithfulness. I praise you for, for what you've done in my life here as a teen in North Shore for calling. I praise you for what you've done in the leadership generations of the church here and in their support of us and their missionaries worldwide. God, I praise you for the faithfulness of the people of this church to this church and the ministries here. God, thank you for the family, the family of God. Now, God, I just pray that, that all of us together bear much fruit, bear much fruit that will last for your glory. Thank you. Let reawakening come, let revival come here and everywhere. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, I just, um, I wasn't supposed to come up here. I surprised everybody, okay? Um, but what's important is the word we just heard. Um, 
we had just a short conversation before, uh, you know, and you, you know of this, um, you know, just a heartbreak that we've experienced through COVID the last couple of years. It's, uh, it's been brutal, right? Good word. Um, and you talked about the experiences there and other people you know. So your message is so timely, you know, to my heart um, personally as a pastor, as, as of, of a message of faith, right? Um, because, you know, as you got to the end of it, everybody loves that story. But I'm looking at your family now. You guys had to live a story you know, that probably felt lonely, painful. And God, where are you? Where are you? You know, you mentioned self-doubt and all these things, uh, but you encourage us to, to stay the course, uh, to be people of prayer, people of faith, because God is faithful. And that is a word that we needed. I needed it today. And I just wanted to thank you and your family. And we'd love to pray for you guys as well, um, kind of collectively. Like, you know, we're just rowing this boat for Jesus Christ. He never promised it to be easy. But if I'm telling the truth, when it gets hard, it kind of stinks, doesn't it? It's a little easier when it's nice and easy, right? But boy, um, uh, the glory goes to him when it's not. And I think that's where we all want to be. And you just took us there today. So uh, thank you. Uh, can I pray for you guys? And I, I pray for you as well, f family. Thanks for being here. North Shore, let's pray. Father God, thank you for Brian. Thank you for his story. Thank you for roots. Thank you that uh, the roots are deep here. And so it truly is family. God, thank you for loving us so much of taking us through hard things, hard things that uh, refine us that shape us, that mature us to our eyes are truly only on you. Uh, we get to a place that we get to stand before people and say, not in our might, but by the power of your Holy Spirit. So today, God, we receive your word that was spoken uh, through Brian to all of us. And I pray for his family because many people talk of, oh, it uh, gets easier later, but I'm sure uh, this new season has stresses of its own. Uh, but you are the same God, and you will fill those seats uh, with the people you have. You're already doing a good work beforehand, and you're moving in people's hearts and communities' hearts. So I pray that you would continue to tune Brian and Kelly into, into you, and they'd be faithful, uh, that they would trust you. And God, may we as a church do the same. You have a road for us. Uh, we live by faith, not by sight. Uh, and so we trust you in faith. You're taking us to a wonderful, powerful, beautiful place. Maybe not easy, but where you will be honored and glorified. So I pray blessings and safety and travel and hope for some rest while they're here in country because uh, I know you're doing a great work there. So your blessings over North Shore, over Rehope, uh, be glorified. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Can we stand together and we're going to...